Well, hi, welcome to another episode of Heads Down, Two Thumbs Up. My name is Bill Selleck. I'm director of technology at Hillbrook School in Los Gatos. And today we have a special interview. Not that we would give you an unspecial interview, and yet here we are. So my co-host, Carla Silver, sits down, and by sits down with, I mean hops on a Zoom call with Greg Bamford. Uh, We were actually about to release this right as California moved to shelter in place. Um, And we were going to record the next day for our next episode. Uh, We just paused all of that. And by pausing, I mean did not hit the record button. Um, So we have some episodes in our brains. We're going to be recording soon remotely. But I would like it duly noted that Carla and Greg interviewed on Zoom before it was cool. So anyway, if you hear the tone and you're wondering what is going on, it is uh, them recording like pre-pandemic lockdown. Um, So that is the plan. Enjoy. If you have no idea what they're talking about, go back to episode five. That is Rushmore, where Carla and I sit down and we talk about the movie Rushmore. So with that, Carla, take it away. Okay. Okay. Hey, so um, this is Carla Silver, and I am here with one of my favorite humans. I'm I'm definitely going to take a picture of this Zoom call because to really understand Greg Bamford, you need to see him when he's wearing his headphones. He looks like he's about to land a seven forty seven. I am. These are my you pilot. Have, you, my pilot you have your. I have my wands, and I'm wearing my reflective vest. Great. Well, it's great to be here, Carla. It's great to have you. And the re- the reason that Greg and I are talking, beyond besides the fact that we always enjoy talking to one another, um, is that I have invited Greg to share some of his thoughts on the movie Rushmore. And before we get started on that, um, I just want to say I was watching the movie and I kept thinking, like, who does this person remind me of? And it sort of dawned on me that there was... Something about Max Fisher that just reminded me of Greg. And it wasn't, there's a lot of Max Fisher that doesn't remind me of Greg. But sort of this very um, creative, uh, incredibly engaged and just involved in lots of things and so innately curious about lots of stuff and very easily distracted from potentially, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that you're supposed to do. It's like, this is maybe my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was perfect. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you on to talk about one of your favorite movies. And certainly now I think one of mine. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. that that Max Fisher won you over. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's won over many audiences. So maybe well, I'll just start by asking you, like, tell me why you think why it's one of your favorite movies. I think there's so much happening in this film that's really interesting. I think, uh, you know, Wes Anderson, of course, is a wonderful director, and you have this kind of quirky take on the world. I had an experience this weekend watching this film with my 13-year-old and seeing it again through the eyes of an adolescent. And I think part of what struck both of us was how Wes Anderson doesn't pretend that this is really is what school looks like, right? The use of fonts, the use of costumes. So many mm-hmm. films pretend, they pretend they're communicating school, even though you know they're not. Wes Anderson makes the artificiality really transparent. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's this feeling of feeling like an outcast, of feeling like you're, you're ready for something more, of really um, being simultaneously sometimes precocious and brilliant, but also like so 
unaware of yourself and your impact on others. Mm -hmm. There's something about that that is so adolescent and I think true Mm -hmm. to the adolescent experience. And I love that this is a movie that is about independent school. As someone who went to an independent school for high school, someone who works in independent schools, it's also about public school. Mm -hmm. And it's about what both of those can offer. It's about class and identity in those spaces. Um, And I really enjoyed viewing this movie now through the lens of being an independent school educator um and it's just funny i mean that final that final production of heaven and hell on stage with the pyrotechnics right that moment when he goes up and he's buying a box of dynamite and he says make it out too i don't remember the name of the the demolition company right in tucson arizona like it's so over the top it's so over the top and yet it is i think for so many high school kids the kind of thing we wish they could pull off. It's the oh, kind yeah. of thing that we dream about, right? We're going to pull off this huge, grandiose production, and it's going to make everyone see us in a new way. Although it's just, it's grandiose, it's over the top, and yet it's still sort of like just right at the level of it could happen. I find it both, you know, hilarious, but also it's, you know, it's moving. It's about being an outcast and feeling vulnerable and and the really messy the really messy kind of development that happens in high school where you're not, um, you can simultaneously be brilliant and yet so obtuse and clueless about what you need to do. I, I think there is something to be said about um, taking a walk down memory lane for you in terms sure. of school. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Oh gosh. Well, you know, what's interesting, Carla, is when you say, I remind you of Max Fisher or Max Fisher reminds you of me. I mean, it's not entirely a compliment, right? Oh, but it is. It's the good part of Max no, Fisher. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like part of what makes Max Fisher compelling to me is his messiness. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think I felt messy as a college student and a high school student. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think what I really related to, and I, I had the experience of several good friends after we saw this movie. It came out in 1999. I graduated graduated college in 1996, just so you can date me. It was not long after that period. And my friend said, oh my God, this is a movie about Greg Danford. <laughs> and I think the thing I related to is that what was most compelling to me about college was not the coursework. Mm-hmm. And so often when people say that, they're really talking about the social aspects of college or they meant that maybe they were out with friends too much. And certainly I had a good time in college. I enjoyed my friends. I had a great group of friends. But for me, college was about the extracurricular opportunities. It was about this kind of community you set up um, where you can explore different interests and you can form tribes that are passionate about different things. And that was the driving, that was my driving interest. And I think like Max Fisher, particularly when I started college, I did a pretty poor job of balancing that with my academics. As I went on in college, I got better about being disciplined and understanding how I could do both. But what I really respect about Max Fisher, and it's it's maybe not respect, but relate to, there's such a paradox in his relationship to Rushmore. And for him, the juice is all in the clubs. It's in the opportunity to find a group of people and be passionate about something. I loved the moment where he... He organizes a petition to save Latin and like inadvertently mm-hmm. sentences everyone to studying Latin. Right. Well, he has no interest in Latin. He makes that very clear throughout the movie. He knows no Latin. He's no interest in Latin. He just likes putting the team together, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that is something that is a lesson to those of us who work in schools. Like, what is it about the periphery of the school day, mm-hmm. in the language of some authors, that is so compelling um, for young people that provides a kind of joy and meaning and purpose that we don't always provide in our core academic classes. What, are we, what is this saying about school or, or what we might need to do to reach students like a Max Fisher? 
again, part of what's interesting about this film is that so many films about high school and films that you've talked about on the podcast um, ignore academic coursework. Right? We have only, I think the one moment I can think of where we see a classroom in action is actually a dream sequence. It's a fantasy sequence that Max has about solving the world's hardest geometry problem. <laughs> um, but whereas most films really, they avoid the academic because they want to talk about the social, the social right. world of high school. This is really focused on extracurriculars. And what does, what does Max get from this, right? He gets to pursue passions. He gets to be a leader. He gets to feel connected to his peers. Um, he gets to see things through to fruition. He gets to engage his interests. Um, he gets to try on, and this is so important for adolescents, gets to try on multiple social identities. Mm-hmm. And at first, when I was rewatching this film, I thought of this as a as really uh, an homage to the possibilities of independent school, right? We have the small school and you can know the teachers, form a friendship with the first grade teacher, you know, start a fencing club. But immediately when he goes to public school, he recreates that whole world for himself. And just that excitement of creating something that has an audience, right? For Max, it's so often about finding that audience, whether it's having this cross come to the groundbreaking of the aquarium that will stock piranhas, um, or whether it's actually having like a literal audience, right, for his production of Heaven and Hell. He wants to do something that's real, that matters to him, that has an audience, and work with people he cares about along the way. And that's, for me, the juice that he gets that he doesn't get in other parts of his life. Yeah, well, even in his one fantasy in the math class. Yeah. He's sort of performing for his peers, right? With his cup of coffee and he's up at the board. And even that is like a performance for Max Fisher. Exactly, right? It's like typical adolescent fantasy, right? Of being recognized by your peers and celebrated. And there's something grandiose about it and like unself-aware. And at the same time, there's something so human. Like, how can we create a school where every child feels seen and recognized for the contributions they bring and they have a chance to share that with their peers? I mean, for me, it's 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 about bringing it into action, right? Like the, mm. the text that he seems most familiar with is a script that he's creating. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, he's demonstrating his literacy and his competence in all of those performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I think for a lot of learners, right, that's how their their idea knowledge and their book knowledge comes to life is when they actually get to do something with it. Well, I feel like you've personally in your professional career at this point have done a lot of work to ensure that kids have those kinds of experiences. So you're referring, <laughs> right, obviously to my time at Watershed School, which is Maybe, a, yeah. A, yeah, which is an independent school in Boulder, Colorado, um, rooted in large part on an expeditionary learning model. And I do think schools that are working with kind of real world learning programs is a school where he would have really excelled and found an entry point into academic concepts. I mean, what would it look like for Max to have a school where his production of Heaven and Hell really maybe connected to a study of the Vietnam War in a more academically serious way? You know, it, you know how, do, how do we play to his strengths? Because you watch him in action. I mean, again, when he goes to, to Grover Cleveland High School, yeah, that he yeah. transfers to. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. he immediately finds this posse of people who kind of admire him and want to work with him. And this is a kid who has so many of the skills that we talk about in all the portraits of a graduate that we're developing. Right? Mm-hmm. He's a collaborator. He's a creative thinker. He's a communicator. Like, well, how can we how can we bring that periphery of the program into the heart of the program so that he has an opportunity to explore what he's learning and also show what he knows using those same skills. 
and an expeditionary learning school and a project-based learning school, I think there are opportunities for kids to do that because they're working on something that's real and matters to them. And I think about that a lot. That's language that I learned from Doris Quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Does, is the kid working on something that was real and matters to me? Um, and that's what he finds on the periphery of the program. And I think it's time for us to bring that to the core. You know, as I was sitting there with my son watching this movie, he's like, I actually don't really like Max, right? And he's seeing Max as a peer, right? I'm seeing Max as an adult who can have some empathy for this awkward adolescent. But for my son as a peer, he's like, I don't really like Max. I really like Margaret Yang. And it was striking to me that he, it takes Max so long to even really notice Margaret, you know? Well, he's very self-absorbed. Exactly. And that's adolescence, right? I mean, that's how how they are. So I empathize with it as an adult, but as a peer, it's kind of unappealing. And my hope is, right, that that like most of us, he matures out of that and, and is more aware of other people, his impact, right? Or he's a community activist or he's leading a movement or he's an artist or he's a theater director. Um, it has so many of the skills that we talk about, you know, for a, for a VUCA environment, right? For an environment that's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Max has those skills if he can develop those interpersonal, um, interpersonal strengths. And that's part of what I think a school needs to do too. You know, I wonder if, if Max would have more help with that, if there were more adults around when he was working on his passion projects. And it seems as though, um, you know, the adults are teaching math, but they're not necessarily there to guide him and mentor him along the way. And that's also the, the value of bringing these kinds of real world experiences into the core of the classroom. It means you can learn from adults as mentors. And part of our job then help students understand what told yeah. So any any lost thoughts? What else do you want to say about the movie? Is there anything else that we should um, we should know? What interests me in Rushmore is like to what extent do you see Max as empathetic or kind of unlikable? Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. both. He's both totally he's and absolutely you know what? both. When you work with teenagers, you know, and I've worked in high schools for 20 years, like that's that's how they are. And um and I say that with mm-hmm. great affection. And I, I think to understand the kind of vulnerability he brings and what he needs from school that he's inventing for himself, I think is, is for me the thing that I pay attention to. And then I also pay attention to the explosions at the end because I just think, oh, that scene is over the top. <laughs> the you know, you might look at that kid in your school who is struggling to find a place and finding, you know, they're inventing roles for themselves because they're not getting it from the program. And I guess the design thinker me says, okay, like, what can we learn from that? What can we engineer into the program that kids are inventing for themselves um, so that they can find a place to be connected? Thanks so much. This has been so much fun to talk about this with you. And I'm glad it was a favorite of yours. And I'm glad I wasn't wrong when I just sort of had that just little bit of an inkling in the back of my, you know, in the back of my head, just going, why is this person familiar? And I'm glad I wasn't the only person who ever made that connection too. It was great to be on the podcast. Thanks, Carla. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. Be sure and follow us on all the things. And remember, we like to talk about movies that talk about schools.